Cynic Empowerment. But the Columbia protests are interesting. Uh, it's been going on over there. Yeah, it, and uh, from my little bit of reading there, it seems to be related to economic oh, depressions. Um, but it couldn't that I, I that, that's such like a catch all thing. Like, oh, well, what's the problem here? Well, uh, economic dysfunction. Uh, well, yeah. Well, like, aren't yeah. all problems kind of related to that to a certain extent? Yeah, most most are socioeconomic. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, if people are doing okay and can pay their bills, there's usually not much unrest. Yeah, they're not going to protest. Go figure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, why have the? Um, yeah, and uh, but I think I think the thing. Oh, sorry, you go first. No, no, it's cool. It's cool. Let's. Let, do you want to talk about that a little bit then? Yeah, so what I what I've gathered is kind of like the 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 needle that broke the camel's back in Colombia was that there was a 17-year-old kid that ballsiest dude on the planet he kicked a police officer over that was on a motorbike and uh the police officer's response was to shoot the guy the kid in the back of the head. Which I'm not saying that shooting someone in the back of the head is a reasonable response to getting kicked, but, you know, police are always going to uh, overreact and do things that wouldn't be a reasonable response for any other fucking citizen to do. Yeah. And so that that uh, that was what 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 happened. And then as a result from this 17 year old kid getting shot by a police officer, um, these protests started erupting that were. Not explicitly only because of the kid getting shot in the back of the head, but it was all the other um, societal unrestings with that being kind of the fault line or whatever kind of last straw thing that made these protests erupt. From what I've gathered, mm-hmm. I could be wrong on this. Yeah, it it's easy for people to... Um... Kind of like the George Floyd thing. Like There's been yeah. like tons of like racial like police brutality, like unrest in the United States, but George Floyd was... A specific instance in which everybody could rally behind and say this was fucked up and uh or or the yellow vest protest in france when they raised the uh taxes on um fuel and stuff like that you know it's it's, it's always like these things that seem unrelated to the general movement as a whole or like tangentially related or like aren't like it's not like the sole reason why people are protesting, but it's like a specific thing everyone can re- rally behind. You know, that's what they need. You need um, not a spark per se, uh, more more like a more like a campfire. It makes it easy for people to um, culminate with one another and um, easily communicate what might be uh, an issue, at least at a very su- superficial level. Like you don't necessarily have to explain what systemic racism is to understand that what happened to George Floyd was unfair and unjust. Um, yep. But you can easily communicate that to your cohort just simply by saying what happened to George Floyd was unjust. It's like, yes, great. Mm-hmm. We, we, we can understand that you don't necessarily need to have um, a, a PhD in critical race theory or whatever, something, something. Right. Um, that's all well and good. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, it, it, it's probably a good thing. Um, especially in this day and age in which you expect people are, are going to have a certain, um, uh, a d- difficult hurdle that they need to jump over as far as education and, um, being generally aware of the concepts that are on the priority list of any type of 
major movement. And, and those types of things kind of organically come together anyways. Uh, it, it's, it's not going to be like, a, like the Black Lives Matter, Matter protests, um, which I, I, I didn't see this on any news, but I heard some folks talking about it today. I heard that that was actually going to be barred from uh, 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 um, Olympic ever advertisement excuse me um so if you, if you uh plan to participate in the olympics you're not allowed to wear anything that uh prominently displays black lives matter on your uniform or you know so on and so forth which i i, I feel like that's gonna have some you know some negative runoff um but i don't know maybe you'll see people starting to to boycott uh, major athletic endeavors like that. Um, and maybe that's exactly what our world needs in a time like this. Uh, you know, a lot of those, uh, large sporting events were created in times of United States history and in world history in which we were looking for distractions. We we're looking for, uh, big spectacles that we could focus on instead of our socioeconomic issues that were right there in front of our face, um, and maybe even it, you know, could could have provided us with a bonfire instead of a campfire. If I'm using the same metaphor, um, the Great Depression, you know, like that. That's when a lot of these like sporting events, especially uh, you know, sports like baseball, kind of rose to fame uh, and um, became the the pastimes that they later became known to be, uh, because people just they wanted to escape. Um, and, you know, the Olympics is really no different. Um, although it, it, it does kind of, um, I guess, carry along with it, uh, these undercurrents of, um, uh, nationalism, uh, and, um, kind of like pseudo warfare, um, so to speak, uh, you know, especially as it's been presented in like the mid 20th century and, um, you know, the, the Olympics have, have always been kind of, a, a contentious, uh, um, kind of um, organization. I don't know. What do you What do you think is going to happen? Um, do you, Do you think that uh, Do you think that the Colombians will will see um, any kind of positivity from from these protests? Well, I'm I'm look, I'm just clicking a couple other things, reading a couple other things about it. Uh, apparently, one of the other sparks for the protest uh, were uh, a hike on taxes on the middle class in Colombia. Yeah. And as a result of the protest, the uh, Colombian government uh, has withdrawn the tax reform bill. Um, so that's one positive, but I think it's kind of like <laughs> too little, too late kind of situation yeah. where... Uh, <laughs> The, the campfire analogy that we're starting with has already started burning, and even though they've already reformed this bill, people are like, yeah, we're, we, we, you took away that fucky bill that we didn't like, but uh, you know, you've killed 25 fucking people as well in the process, so we're going to need a little bit more than that if you want to make this shit stop. Yeah. Uh, like, too little, too late? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The- I mean, maybe if you could have, you know, I don't know... Uh, <laughs> stop this bill before murdering twenty five citizens. We we would be more uh, understanding, but you kind of murdered twenty five people in the process before <laughs> taking away this fucked up bill. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna need you to throw in a couple other benefits in there before we stop burning shit to the ground. Yeah, 
isn't it amazing that these from from our perspective you know a third party that's uh looking at this conflict unfold we see two parties that are very much in opposition with one another and it's government which is at least in theory supposed to be in total service of the people uh is uh you know systemic systematically oppressing them via taxes and then bartering with the same people when you know those those folks are like this is bullshit you know you shouldn't be charging me any type of tax because it mm-hmm. this is it, it's not catering to the issues at hand like you you're mm-hmm. just trying to bleed us during a time in which we're we're already very much injured like yeah cuz yeah like to add on to like the the tax hikes they were trying to add on to the middle class uh apparently the gdp of colombia dropped almost 7% last year so people yeah. are probably worse off than uh they were the year before so like people are already hurt and people are already doing worse and it's like hey you guys are you're already down well why don't we throw some taxes on top of you not doing so hot and one interesting little fact here i'm looking at this thing so one thing a lot of people in the united states don't understand is the uh the race element in a lot of latin american countries that uh generally um a lot of these a lot of these countries have uh an indigenous population of people that are made up primarily of uh what was like the native americans and stuff like that of yeah uh, indians or whatever you know nomenclature that they like to go by in of indigenous peoples and groups indigenous peoples. and generally like those <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah indigenous peoples yeah i feel like that's like the safest way to like call them yeah and, th- and those people are generally um the lower socioeconomic brackets of like these societies and one thing that i think is interesting that i'm as is tradition as you do right you know the and then the lighter skinned people that have more (laughs) european descent are usually the people that make up most of the governments in this dimension uh, uh, positions and you know are the business class and are you know make the rules for society Mm -hmm. as you do as you do and uh but as you do. And, uh, but one thing I think that's interesting, I'm looking at this BBC article here. It's like, it's the last little sentence at the end of the article. It says, many middle class Colombians and members of indigenous groups joined the protest. So it would seem that it's kind of like across class line solidarity for these protests, at least from the very bare, minimal, none, very little research that I've done looking into what's going on in Colombia, which is very promising, you know, for change because, you know, in instances where it's effects that are just affecting indigenous people, a lot of times in like these countries, and it's just the indigenous people that are protesting mm-hmm. specifically for indigenous rights and things of that nature. And, you know, depending on the country, like a country like Bolivia has a very large indigenous population. So in those instances, they can get stuff done. But from what I understand, Colombia, um, most of the population isn't an indigenous population, so if just the indigenous people are, you know, protesting, revolting, like as we saw, like in um, Standing Rock or whatever, the United States, when they were trying to get stuff done against like the Dapple, you know, pipeline, they were unsuccessful because there's just not enough fucking people, you know. But in this case, we're seeing, um, according to this article, middle class Colombians and indigenous groups, you know, working together in these protests. So and as we've already seen, they've been su- successful to the extent of getting the uh, tax reform bill repealed so i don't know i guess we'll just wait and see you know how far they can push this to force reform in colombia i mean it could be it could be great i don't, I don't know 
Yeah, it, it very much could be, uh, but it's not going to... It's probably going to get worse before it gets better. Colombia has um, a lot of ties to the United States as well. So, I mean, if there was going to be, like, any, like, big, you know, earth-shaking change in Colombia, you would see, you know, paramilitary, you know, U.S. boots on the ground or some other form of stuff sent there. So, yeah, I mean, the prospects still don't look great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they really don't. Um, so w- what can... Do you, as far as international law is considered, what can other countries do in the instance that um, a, a sovereign country like Colombia has decided to utilize its military to attack its own citizens? I mean, I know it's kind of a loaded question. <laughs> Probably nothing. Uh... I mean, like, the thing is, like, I mean, a lot of that question, like, relies on, I mean, as far as countries intervening, the, so, I mean, during, you know, Cold War times, kind of the two countries you would see sending foreign military aid to countries would be the USSR and the United States, and they would send aid depending on whether or not they felt they could get a uh, a cooperative government right. in charge mm-hmm. in said place. And so to the extent here, from my limited understanding of the relationship of Colombia to the United States, like there's a pro-United States uh, open market free trade um, government already in place in Colombia. And the the country that plays the biggest role in the modern world stage in overthrowing and intervening in countries is the United States of America. So as it stands now, there's no benefit for the United States uh, f- for uh, the Colombian government to be overthrown. So from that standpoint, I don't see any reason for you. Not, like, you're not going to see... Because, like, if this was Venezuela, right, or, like, uh, some other, you know semi-socialist uh country in latin america uh that was having these revolts um we would be hearing about this all the time to the extent now i haven't heard fucking shit about it on uh american news but if it was you know semi-socialist leading we'd be hearing about this like right now on msnbc cnn fox news and otherwise of like oh my god it's authoritarian socialist country latin america herkader the freedoms of colombian people need to be heard we need to go do something you know uh but because it's already like pro-us whatever there's not the incentive there to do it so i think we're just going to not hear about it and i don't think there's any well, yeah, well, yeah, I just don't think there's going to be any other countries that are going to intervene, you know, like the UN, like, I think maybe like the UN might like make like a statement like, it is very bad what the Colombian government is doing, you know, but that'll be the extent of it. But like, shame for shame, naughty, you know, <laughs> but I think that'll be it. Like, I don't think there's any other country that's poised to do anything about it. And I could be wrong, but that's my that's my half baked opinion. No, I, I think you're probably right. And, and and when we say other countries, we effectively mean like an organized military action, right? Like we're we're not talking about like people from other countries that are going to go in mass to Colombia or wherever 
one of these, um, you know, disproportionate uh, military actions are uh, oppressing uh, the locals. Uh, it you know is actually happening. Um, mm-hmm. We're yeah we're not we're not talking about that. We're not we're not talking about um, you know uh, free peoples who are mutually aiding people of Colombia. You know we're we're yeah. talking about political actions. Um, yeah, exactly. Like geopolitically, there's just like no countries that get militarily involved in Latin America. I mean, historically, we saw countries like Cuba. I mean, they got uh, militarily involved in South Africa during like apartheid era, you know, to help the freedom fighters there try to um, get rid of apartheid. Right. But Cuba doesn't really do that kind of stuff anymore. All they do is send doctors. And I don't really and, and due to the strong ties Colombian government has to the United States, I don't see I don't I can't I don't foresee any other Latin American countries willing to, you know, risk their sovereignty to get involved in the shit that's going on in Colombia. And plus, like most other countries that aren't the United States, for the most part, respect other countries' sovereignty and don't get involved in their own internal affairs and see that as like self-determination and stuff like that, that they don't see it like as like their personal fucking business to overthrow their countries in the first place. So yeah, I just don't, I don't see, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally their business. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Well, let's, let's hope that that, so I don't know. that turns out, um, well, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I think it, in, in a certain perspective, it, it has to feel, like progress um there's if you if you are managing to usher um the local military to come in and aid whatever given municipality uh then it it makes you feel as though at least you're pressing some buttons um and you you don't want to have to sacrifice um you said 25 people i see 19 uh but that might be a more recent article um I think it's well. It 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 it's a lot of people that that have died as a result of the the protests that initially started, um, you know, over over um, economic issues. Um. <sighs> so, just to like to back up my claims from earlier, um, so I I just typed in uh, United States uh, coups Latin America, right? Yeah. And I got a Wikipedia article here, and Wikipedia isn't necessarily known as, like, the most revolutionary of websites. A lot of times they whitewash over (laughs) shitty things that have been done uh, historically. But uh, even Wikipedia here, I have an article that uh, lists 15 different examples for 15 different Latin American countries in which uh, United States have attempted regime change in one form or another, and the list includes Argentina, Bolivia, Brazil, Chile, Costa Rica, Cuba, Dominican Republic, El Salvador, Guatemala, Nicaragua, Panama, uh, Paraguay, Peru, Uruguay, and Venezuela. So Lovely. There we go. So historically, if we're thinking about stuff, but Colombia is not in the list, and I think Colombia is not in the list because the Colombia has already already has a pro Washington government, so there's no reason for them to overthrow them since they're already performing 
on behalf of Washington's uh, interests. So it's like, yeah, cool, you're doing what we want. You got the message. We overthrew 15 other countries or attempted to, you know, keep doing what you're doing and you won't join the list. <laughs> yeah, don't don't let yourself be one of those. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, so so it was, fun time. I was trying to do a quick count of um, the uh, interventions that the United States is currently involved in. At least that, that's what they call it. Um, let's see. I think the, the formal um, American-led interventions is what they're calling it. So it, it yep. definitely sounds a lot better than war. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's American-led intervention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's like the most passive voice you could like possibly use to explain what that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sounds a whole lot better. So of course, Afghanistan is still ongoing. You know, we've, we've, we've been there yep. since 2001. Um, and we still, Good times. we still have, a obser- operation observant compass, um, which is, uh, going on in, uh, Uganda and, uh, the Congo, and Central African Republic, South Sudan. Oh, AFRICOM. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, it says it's ongoing, but it says 2011 to 2017. And they, they call it, a, I mean, it's technically under the pretense of the war on terror in Uganda. Uh, so mm-hmm. I guess there's there's still, the, the Lord's Resistance Army is still holding out. Uh, and then we've got the uh, the war in Iraq. Um, we've got uh, war in Syria and the insurgency in Cabo Delgado, uh, which is mm-hmm. um, against ISIS and Al Qaeda. So great, Al Qaeda organized crime. Interesting. Yeah, that's a it's a good way to to label the opposition. Um, might as well be. Uh, yeah. So that's a. Uh, Let's see, one, one, two, three, four, five, five, five different conflicts that uh, the United States is formally involved in. Formally involved in because we know that there's a bunch behind the behind the scenes that they're not going to discuss. Oh yeah, uh, publicly. Exactly. These are only the things that they With hundreds of military bases all over the world. Yeah, yeah. These are the things that they must must discuss. You know, there's really no if ands or buts about it. <laughs> you know, got got too many too many jeeps, too many uh, too many guys uh, that are uh, that look real American. You know, walking around. Yeah. Yep. Can't get around that. But uh, a little bit of good news. Uh, A previous episode, we talked about how the United States was blocking um, the uh, COVID uh, uh, intellectual property rights of the patent from being released. Mm -hmm. But as of, I think, it was either today or yesterday, yesterday, The Biden administration said that they would back efforts to remove the intellectual property rights patents. The only thing, though, is when I was a little bit of reading that I have done on it um, through the World Trade Organization. I don't know who the fuck makes these rules like it, it is. It is. It seems dumb as fuck. But and I and if I'm wrong, please correct me. But from what I've read, that it has to be a unanimous vote on the World Trade Organization in order to affect intellectual property rights. So even though the United States has made the move to say, you know what, we're going to move off this, we're going to allow this to go, you know, uh, away for free or whatever, if, like, just the EU or, like, any other country that's a part of the World Trade Organization, you know, vetoes it, then it's like, oh, no, sorry, can't do it. 
yeah, I, I'm not 100% sure what percentage of the world um, World Trade Organization would would need to agree to um, to, to to waiver that patent, um, but uh, it, it is only temporarily, right? <laughs> that's a that's 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 and that's only one of the issues that, of course, is surrounding um, the practical use of said patent, right? Like the the longer that this sits in um, this uh, 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 legal purgatory, uh, the more people that are ultimately right. going to die. Uh, of course, we have um, uh, you know the your coronavirus update uh, in India. You know we we have um, oh, the shit, crematorium. Yeah. Uh, figures are actually double what was initially um, expected. Uh, you know they're burning 600 bodies daily in order to try to keep um, to keep Fuck. that uh, under wraps. Uh, so that it's getting worse and worse and worse uh, over there. Um, and uh, and that's that's while countries that uh, have started to put the cap on um, uh, you know the 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 covid issue with a little bit of herd immunity or you know at least the the slow development of it um have not been uh particularly uh, equitable in the distribution of that information hence the reason why we have to have these discussions in the first place um so absolutely ridiculous that uh there is a company out there that it's just like oh well what about us like i mean that that's that's sociopathic you know, it's 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 absolutely mm-hmm. ridiculous that there could be someone that that is the head of a private company that is not just immediately just thrown out into the street and people aren't tearing them apart like wolves. Like that, that's just yeah. fucking fascinating. They're like, well, fuck them. Like they're not they're not paying for it. Like, okay, well, what do you expect we should do? Like, like you know, release the patent. Like it's it's either that you get to make all of the money from whatever it is that you claim is your right to own. Or all of these people, you know, get to live. Like, what, what's, what's, like, there's a really obvious ethical choice here. You can't put lives in your bank account, Tim. What are you, some fucking idiot? Yeah, right. You can't, can't <laughs> do that. Um, and, and even so, like, it, it's kind of a win-win for those companies because on, on one hand, you can be like, oh, well, you know, super evil corporation. And on the other hand, you'd be like, well, they're the first ones that, that were able to produce uh, the, the vaccine for whatever reason. So, you know, without that kind of, um, you know, without the that type of manufacturing power, without the people that made up that company, um, uh, whatever, I mean, to, to whatever extent that the, the fucking leadership and or owners did anything, I don't think it's probably negligible. Um, but... Uh, they're they're in a really good spot, right? You know, and I, and I think a lot of people knew that um, going into that um, the the race for the development of the vaccine, um, and you had like those those th- uh, three companies or so that that popped up with one right around the same time, um, you know, with with relatively minimal side effects. Um, but we we all knew that this was going to be the the inevitable runoff that there was going to be some type of disenfranchised third world country that was uh going to be left out in the cold after the the developed world has has gotten uh, its 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 little unfair shake of things and um you know we can expect a, a lot of social disarray and upheaval as a result of 
these folks witnessing just how unfairly they're they're being treated uh, as a result of drawing the the short straw. Yeah. Huh. So maybe this paves the way for something better, though. Uh, you know, I, I know that we start <laughs> we started out by saying like, "Hey, you know, like we discussed that this is a possibility," or the, there, you know, here's our silver lining. We haven't done those in a while. Um, but this is wait, what's that? Yeah, what's what's the silver lining? I didn't I didn't know that it existed anymore. Uh, this is the silver <laughs> lining, right? Like this could pave the way for an elimination of uh, intellectual property laws and the way in which we view property in general. Uh, I feel like it's not that hard uh, to create a very streamlined conversation uh, for why intellectual property is very apparently negatively impacting our society when you view cases like the distribution of uh, the COVID vaccine. All right. Or any life-saving drug. Or any life-saving drug, sure. Yeah, yeah, because I think apparently, I don't know when it was, but I think South Africa broke international uh, intellectual property law with uh, some form of like AIDS medication uh, back in the 80s or maybe at some other point in time. I, I need to double check that at the exact dates. Um, whereas like we have people of AIDS, there's this medication out there that can help us like deal with this. So fuck you. We're just going to make it. You know what I mean? Um, which is, you know, like a perfect instance of just like, you know, you have this thing. It can help people, you know, like why the fuck should we respect like these bullshit laws um, that says like X, Y, and Z pharmaceutical company gets to reap all the profits just because they're the ones that, I don't know, paid some menial workers in a lab to, you know, throw genes at a wall until they were able to produce a fucking medication vaccine or otherwise to treat X, Y, and Z illness. It's just like, I don't know. So the world would be a better place if we just like shared all this intellectual pro- intellectual fucking i can't speak intellectual property of everybody that would be great and i think what you're referring to is south africa's medicines and related substance uh act of 1997 which is a okay a law that enacted a a compulsory license in order to fight uh, the aids epidemic at the time um boom is that is that what you're talking about that sounds right yeah something where like it 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 disregarded international law Mm -hmm. um in response to aids medication and uh, i think the united states and other countries were like wagging their finger at them like no 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 you can't do that they did Uh, you you do our our intellectual property laws are more important than people's lives no 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 Mm -hmm. yeah the uh the next the next year february 1998 uh south african pharmaceutical manufacturers association and 40 multinational corporations uh of course it's got to be the corporations uh they brought a yeah. suit against the government of south africa for its passage of of that act we're we're going to sue you mm-hmm. for doing the right thing yeah you see and that's yeah. why we're all going to die in this burning hell rock is stupid shit like that mm-hmm. where corporations like have more weight than uh governments that once that that one governments every once in a blue moon actually do something to help and like represent their people instead of being praised for it or get like reamed in the butt in a non homophobic way for uh uh I don't know 
trying to do the right thing by mm. multinational corporations. Yeah. Uh, here's a here's a fun little tidbit. Um, so of course the the AIDS activists uh, they successfully contested um, that it it threatened um, uh, economic sanctions. And uh, demonstrators alleged that the then president, uh, presidential candidate Al Gore, uh, was killing babies in Africa. Pretty great. Pretty, Wait, pretty good stuff. I'm so confused. Pretty good stuff. Wait, what? Uh, so the demonstrators, so in, in agreement with the okay. suit, the United States, so of course the yes. United States is going to agree with the suit, right? And uh, mm-hmm. the European communities uh, threatened the economic sanctions. Um, so. Mm-hmm. In in relation to this, uh, the the people who were acting in favor of the amendment act, uh, mm-hmm. they they alleged that Al Gore, as a result, was killing babies in Africa. It was kind of like their, oh, you know, their. I got you. The response. Yeah. How that how that work out? Uh, let's see. It seems like as a result of immense international pressure, including from non-government organizations like Oxfam, pharmaceutical companies dropped their case in April of 2001. Dope. Get it. Yay! Yay! Pretty cool. Which might have been... And the peasants rejoice. It might have been a long enough filibuster, like uh, depending on what happened um, you know, during that time, that uh, you know, it, it could have you know, still resulted in some issues. I mean, that's the beauty of the legal system, right? Like, time is finite, uh, you know, for all us mortal beings. And if you hold things up long enough, people still end up dying. You know, over a long enough time frame, mm-hmm. everyone's likelihood of survival is reduced to zero. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if you have AIDS, uh, it doesn't take nearly as long. Yep. That's great. Yep. Brilliant. Epic. Uh but hey, you know that that's uh that's something that uh, hey, that the Biden administration is doing good stuff. Uh that's 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 really neat. I didn't yeah. expect um I didn't expect it either. You know, they they they're trying. They they're trying. They're working their little socks off. It's really cool. <laughs> they try so hard. Well, I don't know. I don't know if it's necessarily trying, but I think it's an example of like why it's good to criticize your politicians because that's the only way you're going to get them to change anything due to the immense amount of backlash they received nationally and internationally for the decision to not make the intellectual property right um, available to everybody. That's why they changed. If like no one pressured them, they weren't going to fucking change. The same thing uh, recently, the Biden administration was going to allow in less refugees than the Trump administration, and for good reason, they received a lot of backlash because of that decision, and now they're going to let in a larger number of refugees than <laughs> the previous administration, right? <laughs> so it's like, oh, it's like at one level, like you, I don't want to give them like a pat in the back because it's like, like your previous position was obviously fucked up, but at the same time, it's like you got to acknowledge that it's good. That they changed, yeah, we right? just, you know, we just wanted to see if like people would be upset by it because uh, obviously we, <laughs> yeah. you know, we wanted to do it, we wanted to do it real bad, and then and everybody was like, no, no, yeah. no, and we're like, oh no, we're gonna like lose votes and shit, oh no, 
We're gonna we're gonna oh, no. like we're gonna lose the complacency of the American public, and they're gonna start riots during our administration. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! We can't deal with that yeah, nearly it's... as effectively. We're not as militant. <laughs> right. Although they have the capacity to be, they could do that. Oh yeah, heartbeat. You can have some some Democrat warmongers. It happens. Obama's a good example. Yeah, of I that. mean. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, like the the Black Lives Matter protest started under the Obama administration, and like none of those problems were resolved. Why? It's why it's still an issue mm-hmm. today. Yeah. And it'll probably be going on for a while longer. I don't think that's going to be resolved yeah. anytime soon. Yeah, yep. I wouldn't hold my breath. Yeah. But anyway, do you have anything else to add? Nope, nope. That's that's all I got. I think that's a good time to wrap it up. Fuck yeah. I think that, yeah, I, I agree with you. All right. Uh, if you all are interested in getting in contact with us, you can do so by emailing us at syndicatepowerment at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you there. You can also like us on Facebook at Cynic Empowerment and send us a message. Or you can tweet at us on the Twitter at Cynic Empower Me One. We would love to hear from you. It would mean a lot to us. And if you're listening to us through any listening apps out there, please, for the love of God, please, for the love of God, please like and review the show. It means a lot to us and it helps other people find us. Yeah. Yeah. Find us like the hidden loophole in the legal legal lease that is going to take down the entire legal property the fucking statutes i don't know where i'm going with that legal property legal loophole property statute international legal it's good yeah ip yeah <laughs>